be able to can you give me a hand with that thing? Some guy, uh, he's a graduate. We don't want him to do too much right now. You know, just give him some time off. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thanks, Chuck. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I hope y'all are ready to learn, shout, scream, holler, get excited about Jesus. Amen. Because he is doing some good things in these days. Hallelujah. Uh, I would like to say, because we have had a lot of things going on, obviously, uh, some of y'all know and somebody, some of y'all don't know, that, you know, of course, uh, my wife just uh, had a uh, kidney um, transplant about two weeks ago, uh, this past Saturday. So, yeah, we're excited. We're excited. Uh, you know, and I think there's a message brewing inside of my heart uh, that I believe I'll give one day, uh, not today, uh, but the testimony of how everything happened. God is still working some things out. I'd like for her to maybe be up here with me when I do share that uh, because our stories are meant to encourage other people, correct? I mean, what I go through, what she goes through, what you go through, we're believing God that we're going to go through. Amen? Because there's some people that don't go through. They go in and they never come out. Amen? And not to say that they're not well-meaning believers and love Jesus, but there's a lot of people out there that don't know God. And your story can actually help somebody know God. Your story can actually help somebody overcome in life. Because I just like to you know, ask the question, am I in a room? full of people that have been through something or are going through something. We're all there, okay? I mean, if you're a graduate, uh, you're thinking about what you're going to do for the rest of your life, you know? You try to ignore it, but it's right there in front of you. What am I going to do in my life? You know, why am I here? You know, if you're an adult, you, you, you have different thoughts of, of how am I going to pay the bills? You know what I'm saying? Should I shoot my boss? Should I pray for my boss? You know, should I divorce? Should I get married? Should I stay married? Do I really love that individual? These kids, are they a blessing? Are they a curse? I mean, we, we have things too, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, all you students just realize, you know, that it works both ways. Y'all think we're crazy. We think you're crazy too. Hallelujah. You know, it goes both ways. Hallelujah. But we are, we are glad uh, that God is alive and he's on the throne. So next, uh, June 2nd, I would like to pray for all the graduates. I mean, if you've graduated school, uh, I would have liked to have done it today, but I want to give its due. I want to kind of you know, uh, make it special, uh, and we've just had a lot going on yesterday, man. I'm telling you, that draining festival, my gosh, it was 850 degrees. I think we literally went to hell yesterday and actually shared Jesus with everybody. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, I mean, it's just, I don't want to go to hell, okay? I mean, everybody else can talk about whether well, there ain't a hell, I don't, I don't care, I don't want to go to hell. I mean, if that's anything to what it feels like, I'm done, I'm okay, okay, I am okay, <laughs> But we do want to thank everybody that came out yesterday. It was an awesome, awesome time. Uh, the only thing I regret is not having enough popcorn to give everybody. And when you're at church and you run out of invite cards, that's bad, man. That's bad. So uh, next year we'll have 14,000 invite cards, 85,000 bags of popcorn. We will be ready to go. Hallelujah. <laughs> we will definitely have a lot more stuff because, um, you know, uh, I feel like, you know, the gift that God's placed me or given me is talking. Can anybody, y'all good with that? We're good? All right. Yeah, oh, All right, we're good. We're good. All right. I like to talk. So uh, when I go to an event, I don't like to be underneath a tent because there's people out here, okay? And I, that's my gift. I want to get out there. And sometimes I use it for good. And sometimes I use it for bad, okay? I mean, you can say the wrong thing sometimes. But I love talking to people. Uh, but as I noticed yesterday, you know, Christy and, and Dwayne and Michelle, they're, you know, they're working hard making those bags. And, and Nairobi showed up and, and Cody showed up. And, and, man, we're out there. And, and I'm noticing, man, we're getting a lot of energy. I mean, there's a lot of attraction going on because 
Nairobi's kind of like me. She likes to talk too, okay? And she's got that personality that kind of everybody wants to run to, okay? So we're out there just throwing this popcorn around, and I'm going, I'm looking at the table going, man, we're going to be here at 5 o'clock. <laughs> we better slow down. So uh, we ended up, uh, they went shopping, and I went and got in the tent. <laughs> so everybody would have something to do. But it was a, I'm telling you guys, when you get out there and you're able to actually spend some time with people, um, there's a lot of hurting people in this community. There's a lot of hurting people, period. And that's why I feel it's my call as a pastor not to preach what you want to hear, but to preach what you need to hear. Because I want to see you guys overcome in life. You're going to face challenges. Okay? Now, they don't have a class in school for that. They're not going to teach you how to overcome divorce, death, sickness, disease, financial lack, people talking about you, people using you. People hurting you. That class ain't in the, it ain't on y'all's, uh, you know, what class sheet or whatever. I don't know what you call it. But it's not there. You know what I'm saying? These are things that you end up having to learn as you go. So I say all that because today I'm going to say some things that I promise you would challenge your thinking. But there's a spiritual life and then there is a natural life. And everybody in this room, we are taught on a daily basis on how to do things natural. How to uh, listen to people's opinions or ideas on what we should do and how we should do it. But how many of you know there's a right way to do it? There's a right way to do everything. And I want to teach you guys some things today uh, about faith in God's Word and, and how to stand with God and how to believe God and trust God in a world that has many different ways to do life. Many different ways to do relationship, many different ways to, to, to work, to, to do all kinds of stuff. You can get opinions from all kinds of people. But guys, look, at the end of the day, like I've said before, I'm getting you and me ready for a court date. Everybody in this room, you're going to court one day. And you're going to stand before Almighty God. And what he said and what we did according to what he said is what we're going to be judged by. Not your church attendance, not how good you look on Sunday. How well you act? No, it's going to be how you live for Him. And that's what we want to do. And that's what I want to do because I'm going to tell you something. October 20th, 2017, I didn't see coming when we would get the news that she had stage 5 kidney disease. It leaves you breathless. It leaves you numb. I mean, I'm thinking she's going to die here in the next two hours. You know, I didn't know kidney disease. And it's just, you get overwhelmed. And what I want to do as your pastor and maybe one that you give me the opportunity to speak into your life, I want to get you prepared for those days. And then I want to walk with you through those days. Just like there's a bunch of people here that will do the same thing. And with that being said, thanks to all the people that's cooked us meals, that's given us money, that's given us good words. You've prayed for us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate it. It means so much to us. And we, we really do appreciate it. But before I get started, uh, Belinda was going to actually do, you know, uh, May was going to be the, the month for women to get together, okay? Well, obviously, a little setback, okay? <laughs> Just a little small one. <laughs> uh, but she's wanting to do the first Tuesday in June. We're going to do it right here at 630. So go ahead and put that on your, your calendar. It's going to be a night with the king. A night with the king. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be awesome. So that'll be the first Tuesday in June, 630 p.m. right here at the church. Uh, and one more thing about the small groups before I actually get started. On the back of this chair right here, we have some, uh, let me just show you all that way. I think visual is the best. We got these prayer things right here, prayer cards. 
Now, obviously, if you need prayer, we want you to fill this out and drop it in there. We're going to pray for you and believe God that some things happen in your life, okay? But today, as I'm going through the lesson, and you say, you know what, man, something's on my heart. I've been really wanting to do a small group. I want to lead a small group. You know, uh, I have an idea for a small group. I want you to write that down and drop it in the box. Because some of y'all have led small groups before, but some of you haven't. And like Kurt said, we want to be able to walk you through a little bit of a training just to give you some tips and tactics of how not to act and how not to do things. Because you would be surprised, guys. Come on. When you're dealing with people, come on. <laughs> I mean, they can get a little crazy sometimes, okay? Including you and me. So, uh, but we do want to have some small groups, okay? So I know some of you guys have mentioned you want to do a small group. Uh, let's, let's jump in on this thing. Let's do it, okay? Because life is done way better in circles than it is rows. It really is. Because, man, I'm telling you, we need each other. Amen? Are y'all excited about Jesus? Yes. Come on, y'all smile real big, okay? I ain't preached in two or three weeks, man, because I'm ready to go, okay? I mean, I'm hoping I can stay on these notes, all right? God is good no matter what you go through. It don't matter. God is with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will help you. He will lead you. He will guide you. He's the most important person that could ever be in your life. Ever, 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 ever. <laughs> there is nobody greater than God Almighty. None. And there's nobody that can take care of you like God. Amen? So, I mean, I just want to encourage you today as we get into this message uh, that it's going to be good. So let's pray, and then we're going to jump right into it. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, and we just thank you for this day. Thank you for this time together that we're able to open up the Word of God, the Word of God that's quicker than any two-edged sword, Father God, that it actually ministers life to our spirit, to our mind, to our soul. That, Father God, it divides the junk that needs to be divided. It separates all the trash. And we pray that today the Word of God would penetrate our hearts in a way that it never has. And that we would not just be hearers only, but we would be doers of the Word of God. And I thank you, Lord, that the doers are the ones that are blessed. And we give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. Turning your Bibles to Jeremiah 32, 27. I want to read a few things to encourage you. Uh, this passage here in Jeremiah 32, 27 says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of how much flesh? All, All flesh. Whether you acknowledge Him or not, don't mean he ain't God of your flesh. He's God of your flesh, whether you acknowledge him or not. But then he goes on to say, is there anything too hard for me? Hmm. That's a good question, right? Is there anything too hard for God? I mean, because we go through life sometimes and we face some things and we think, man, whew, I don't know about this now. <laughs> this is tough. Can God do this? And then the next question, will he? do this. I mean, we know he did it for David. We know he did it for Abraham. We know he did it for those people, but you know, they were really spiritual. I mean, they loved God. They did everything right. Uh, no, they didn't. That's why I love the Bible, because it records every bad, stupid thing they did too. How about you and me? What if they started writing a book today? And they didn't sit down with you to get the information. They sat down with everybody that knows you. Hallelujah. Because if we ask you, we're going to get your highlight reel. We're going to get the good stuff. You know it's coming, right? We ain't going to get all the bad stuff. You know, they did me wrong. Uh, they, I wouldn't have did this had they not, you know, made me do it. I mean, come on, man. Everybody making you do jack. You know what I'm saying? So the book was written for us to be encouraged that these men and women of God, and they're great. They are great. But so are you. With God, all things are possible, with them and with you. 
You're going to face things in life and you need to ask the question, is this too hard for God? Can God do this? You need to ask another question, should I be doing it? Amen? Should I be here? Should I be actually participating in this? Should I be hanging out with these people? <laughs> you know, if God's going to ask a question, it, 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 we might need to ask some questions. Because God ain't asking this question thinking somebody's going to answer and go, uh, yeah, it's too hard for you, God. Uh-uh. No. He's asking that question to get a point across to me and you. You're going to go through life and you're going to face some hard things, but guess what? If you stay close to him, he's going to help you get through those. Because there ain't nothing too hard for him, but I, he's my daddy. The Bible says I'm a joint heir with Christ. Hallelujah. I'm there with him. That means if, if God is nothing too hard for God, I'm holding on to daddy. <laughs> and there ain't going to be nothing too hard for me. But i got to stay connected to him. And this is what this message is going to be about today, guys. Luke 1.37 says this. For with God, how many things will be impossible? Nothing. nothing will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. Nothing, 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 nothing. We need to get that in our head. We have an advantage that a lot of people don't have. We have a God that nothing is impossible. There's a lot impossible with you and me. There's a lot impossible with us. But there's nothing impossible to our great God. And that's why we encourage you, put God where? First, in everything you do. Not just some of the things you do, everything you do. Well, Nathan, it's so hard, man. I can't let go of this. Oh, you need to let go of this. That's the clue that you need to let go of this. And friend, there's nobody in this room that does not feel a pull to keep certain things and to do certain things. We're human. We have our own ideas. We have our own perceptions. We have our own thoughts and reasons of why we should do something. But at the end of the day, God knows best about everything. That's why it's important for us to stay close to God because there's nothing too hard for Him and there's nothing that will be impossible with Him. How many of you know that's a good God to serve? I mean, that's a God you can get excited about. That no matter what you go through tomorrow, what you're faced with tomorrow, no matter what it looks like, stage 5 kidney disease, the loss of a loved one. You can go on. You can keep moving. He will see you through because there's nothing impossible with our great God. And I'm going to tell you something, guys. You're not going to get through this life on your own successfully. You may get to 90 without God, but I can promise you, you're going to have horror stories along the way. And you're going to have bad decision after bad decision. So we don't want to do that. So let's go to Hebrews 11, verses 5 and 6. And I want to talk about faith in God's Word today. Faith in God's Word. Because God's word and faith in it is what's going to cause you to overcome in life, period. There's no sugar weight, no sugar coat in the body. You just got to have faith in God's word. But Hebrews 11.5 says this. It says, by faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. Could you imagine? Dude walking around and all of a sudden he's gone. Because <laughs> everybody in this room, in a few more days, <laughs> we, we're going to be leaving here. I know that's not... Welcome to church today. We're glad y'all came to Revolution Church. You will die one day, okay? So, hey, hallelujah. But he was caught up. He didn't die. He just went, whoop. That's pretty impressive. And was not found because God had taken him. But for before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Wow. Is that not a good testimony? Now, in pleasing God, is that going to mean you're not going to be pleased sometimes? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
In pleasing God, are you going to have to say no when everybody's saying yes sometimes? Are you going to have to lay some things down that he asks you to do in pleasing him? I mean, come on, I'm married to my wife, and there's things that I might want to do, but it may not please her. What should I do if I'm a smart man? I better lay that thing down. I better lay it down quick. Same thing with, you know, me with her. If there's things she's doing that I don't like, if there's things she's wearing I don't like, she needs to lay that down if she really loves me and if she wants to please me. Amen? I'm going to tell you, you'd never have divorce if two people would just fight to please each other. I mean, just fought to please each other. No, no, I'm going to do this. No, I'm going to do this. No, I'm going to do this for you because I love you. And you fought for that all the time. Man, what kind of life would that be? Wow, that'd be a happy home. Hallelujah. I'm not doing that yet, but I'm working on it, okay? So we're, we're going to get there. But let's go on and see what he says. He says that he pleased God, but this is the one I want you all to see. But without what? But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So without this, this big word in the Bible, you're not going to please God. Now, if you was looking to please God and he just made that statement to you, wouldn't you be interested on how I can please my father? No different than my wife. If I was, she was to make this, hey, without this, you are not going to please me. Well, then I'd be like, I need to put some value on that right there because I want to please her. You want to please God. Amen? But so many times we think our church attendance pleases God. We think sometimes that if we do a lot of good things, that's going to please God. Because I tell you, we did a lot of good things yesterday, and I'm just wore out. I'll just be honest with you. I don't know if he's happy or not. I'm sure he might be a little smiling, but I'm tired, okay? I was tired last night, and I'm ready to go home and kick back right now. But the, the reality is, guys, is there is a pleasing God that we, we, we are called to do, and it's simple. It's faith. Another word, trust in God. But that ain't going to happen overnight. You know it, and I know it. I mean, do you trust any person the first time you meet them? I mean, if you met somebody for the first time and they said, uh, hey, I know I hadn't known you but five minutes, but I got about $2,000. Could you run that down to the bank and put it in the bank for me? No, there ain't nobody in this room that would do that. Wouldn't happen. <laughs> you don't trust that individual. How do you trust somebody? You got to get to know them. You got to get to know them. And how do you get to know somebody? You got to spend time with them. You got to spend time with them. If you always make excuses why you're not spending time with them, are you getting to know them better? Mm -mm, no. What if you just go to a place where they might be and you just sit there for a couple hours and then go home? Are you getting to know that individual better? Mm -mm. No. <laughs> no. Because there's many of y'all that come here every week and sit here, but you don't know me. You ain't got a clue who I am, what I am, and what I do. Amen? You don't know. You're sitting around people right now that you don't know them. You don't. I mean, because Christians especially, if you're not a Christian here today, I'm not talking to you, okay? But if you are a Christian here today, we, we know how to turn it on. Yeah, that's true. That's true. How you doing? Oh, God's good. How, all the time, God is good. Your life's falling apart. You're a wreck. You are broken. You, I mean, my God, man, come on. You got so much stuff going on, and you coming in here going, and don't get me wrong, I'm all about faith. But at the same time, man, you know, be real. Be honest. The first step to help 
is admitting you're wrong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we got to get to know him. And if you don't make a decision to get to know him except on Sunday morning, guess what? When life crumbles, so will you. And that's a big deal. It's a huge deal. I mean, it breaks my heart to see Christians, especially those ones that, well, man, I got faith. Man, I, I, I trust God. I got faith in God. I got faith in God. But then you see something happen in their life, and they act worse than a sinner. I mean, they just go crazy off the rail. I'm going, whoa, wait a minute, dog. I thought you said you had faith in God. You're acting crazy. No, you don't have faith in God. You was pretending. You was pretending to know somebody. <laughs> I got to get to this message, okay? <laughs> it's impossible to please God without faith. We got to have faith, guys. Without faith, we cannot please God. God wants us to have faith in Him to help us in this life. Our faith in God's Word is what will cause us to win how many times in life? Every time in life. Trusting God comes from spending time with Him. Lack of trust in God comes from not spending time with Him. We are saved by grace through what? Faith. We're saved by grace, but it's through our faith in Him that gets us to obtain the grace of salvation. There's a God part and there's a man part. Okay? Jesus was the Son of Man, but He was also the Son of God. There's two parts. You got your part, I got my part. And today I'm going to talk about your part because we don't need to spend much time on his part, okay? He's got it figured out pretty good, okay? We, we, got, to, we got to figure our part, okay? We are healed by what? Faith. We are delivered by. We are protected by. Our trust. You can, it's interchangeable. Trust, faith. It's the same thing. We have victory in this life through faith or trust in God. God has provided everything we need in this life by His amazing grace, but we must obtain it with our faith. The good news is He will help our faith grow. The only way our faith will grow is spending time with Him and His Word. Romans 10, 17 says this. This is Paul telling us, telling the church at Rome. I'm telling the church in McDonough. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So you can't please God without faith. And he's telling us how it comes. is by hearing and by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. We live in a generation that is led by the phone. This phone, this device right here. And whether you want to admit it or not, everybody in this room has probably checked their phone multiple times as I've been talking. I'm walking in the hospital at Emory. And there is nurses and doctors like this right here. I mean, everybody is like this right here. Okay? This phone and this device right here is to me, hands down, the number one thing that's robbing people from intimacy with God. Right here. Right here. I know that ain't popular. I don't care. You need to hear it. I need to hear it. This is meant to help us not distract us and keep us from the most important things in life. Because I can tell you, when you're hurting and you're crying, this is the last thing you want to see. You could care less about that thing. 
And you can check your Facebook status. You can check your social status. You can check all your texts. You can check everything you want to check. And at the end of the day, you're not going to get nothing from that thing right there. The only thing that's going to change your situation is the Word of God. God can change your situation. But as long as you want to look to a device to bring you comfort and Google every stinking symptom on the planet. Oh, my leg twinged. Oh, oh, oh gosh. I mean, I was in the hospital, and, and she was, you know, I was supposed to be taking care of her. We're in the hospital, and it's like the third day after our surgery, so we're having to do, you know, they want you to walk right after you get cut, bro. Come on, is that stupid or what, you know? <laughs> yeah, let's go walk, you know? So we're walking, and I'm walking around with her, and we make a lap, you know, and we come back, and, and we walk into the actual, you know, her room, and all of a sudden, I'm like, baby, <laughs> I think, I think I'm, I mean, really, I, I've never had this feeling before in my life, man. I think I'm about to die. I mean, I, I'm starting, to, my whole body, I'm starting to sweat. I'm talking sweat. She could see it. It was pouring, and it's coming out of my face. I could feel it coming up my legs. I'm going, oh, my gosh, man. And we're in the bathroom, you know, and she's going to the bathroom. So, you know that toilet that's got, you know, got that portable toilet? <laughs> what do they call that? Porta potty. Yeah, porta potty. But anyway, it's a hospital potty, okay? Well, you can't, I don't know. But anyway, but I sat on that, and I'm just sitting there looking at her, and I'm thinking, man, I mean, it's good to be in Emory and feel this way, I'm sure. You know what I'm saying? You'd really, better be in Walmart, you know, because they ain't got a clue. So I'm sitting here, I'm going, I literally thought I was about to die. I mean, literally, I, my, I was white as a ghost. I mean, this was bad news, okay? Well, all of a sudden, I came out of it. Now, don't let your mind race. I don't care what happened to your first cousin removed or your aunt and uncle, okay? I mean, it's no different than Google, okay? Well, man, I go to the bathroom after I get done with her getting recovered. Google. What we do, right? We Google, right? <laughs> well, it wasn't too bad. Took all the way to, it could be a possible heart attack. Well, now, let me ask you something. Out of 10 things that said, which one do you think stood out to me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what the enemy wants. He wants us to buy. Now, I'm not saying that there couldn't have been some symptoms there of a heart attack. I'm not saying that I couldn't have. But how about this? How about if I just change gears and go, let me tell you something, devil. You ain't taking my life. You ain't going to have me. I'm going over, not under in Jesus' name. Amen? I'm going to look at him and tell him where to go, okay? I mean, that's just the way it is. And, and, and that's the thing. You've got to shift gears. But if you don't pay attention to what's going in you, you're going to react like the world. And I was close. <laughs> I was close. Thank you, Jesus. I felt like this top. I felt squished. <laughs> Hallelujah. That was a bad feeling. I wouldn't want to do that again. All right, let's get back to this. The more time you spend with someone, the more you will trust that person. The less time you spend with that person, the less you'll trust them. If we do not have faith in God's word, then we have faith in the wrong things. If your faith ain't growing towards God's word, then guess what? You got something growing to something else. And let me tell you, what's so sad about it is this don't show up the first day you quit reading your Bible. This don't show up the first week you quit maybe not going to church faithfully. This don't show up the first time you begin to get a little carnal and go do some things you shouldn't do. See, the devil's very, very deceiving, crafty. He is. He will work on you for a long time. And then he'll bust you right over the face. He'll make you think that it's okay to do what you're doing long enough until he just yanks the carpet out from underneath you. That's his game plan. That's why we have a church full of people that are compromising the Word of God and making excuses for the Word of God and trying to make the Word of God fit their lifestyle. This book was never meant to fit your lifestyle. 
Your lifestyle was meant to fit this. Okay? This book does not need no updated version. And if you ever see somebody say, hey man, a new Bible was printed. They updated it. Don't even go look at it. It don't need to be updated. There is no revision of the Word of God. None. Okay? There's translations, but you need to be careful some of them because they, anyway. But I'm just saying, guys, God's Word don't need to be changed. Don't need to be added to. Don't need to be taken away. It works if you believe it. Don't listen to people that try to get you to believe something other than the Bible. Never, never, never. Faith in God's Word is the game changer of our life. Faith in God's Word will set you free from anything. It will cause you to live a victorious life. So if I was the enemy, what would be the one thing that I tried to get you discouraged from doing? What book would I cause to be the most boring book on the planet? I would want to keep everybody away from that book. And he's done a great job. Because <laughs> now we've got the Bible app on, on, on our phone. <laughs> like we really don't get notifications. We don't get all these things flying all around our phone as we're supposed to be reading our Bible. I mean, if we gave somebody that we say we love the attention that we give God sometimes, meaning that we kind of let all the distractions cause us to pause, and go look at it. I mean, we're getting bzzz, and we got to stop what we're doing because that could be the most important bzzz on the planet. When in fact it ain't. Yeah, I did a little test this past week, you know. Um, yeah, I turned 52 May 15th on Wednesday. I said, you know what? Now, at the end of the day, I did because she's the greatest gift I've ever got on my birthday. It's the one I wanted from day one. So many of y'all might have saw that post, but that post came later in the day. I wanted to just see how many people really do love me. I wanted to see how many friends I really have. Because you know all the Facebook friends, you know, they, they all jump on board when you post something, okay? I was shocked. Not too many. <laughs> and I didn't do that to draw attention to me. I did that because I believe God wanted me to share this message today. We're looking for validation and acceptance in the wrong places, guys. I didn't need the likes. I didn't need none of that, okay? And I wasn't doing it to try to build me up, all right? I, I'm saying this because we've got to start looking for identity and our meaningness in life from God, not people, like Kurt said. People will let you down. And a lot of those people that like your stuff, if you was in a hard time, would uh, probably not be around. But God never leaves you nor forsake you. And I'll say this too, like I was talking to a young lady, and I believe she'll be at our church here very soon. If you don't have a family that you're a part of, Get in a family. Become a part of a church. And I'll say this church, not because I'm pastoring it, but this is one of the most loving churches on the planet. They will love you. They will help you. And I'm telling you, that, that means a lot. You need to have your good family. So let's, let's jump into a story real quick. In Matthew 14, 22, and we're going to grab some things out of this, and I want you guys to, to really lean in because this is going to challenge all of us. Matthew 14, 22, this is about Peter walking on water. That's another thing that I love about the Bible. It does introduce you to people that did things that maybe your friends don't do. Because I'm sure you don't know too many people that walk on water on a daily basis, right? I don't. I'm telling you I don't. And I would advise you not to go home and try it. Hallelujah. <laughs> but in verse 22 it says, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitude away. Now Jesus told them disciples to get in the boat and go to the other side. Was Jesus thinking that there was going to be a failure mission or they were going to get killed or they were going to get hurt? No, no. He told them to get in the boat to go to the other side because where were they going to go? Other side. 
Jesus had to let all these people go. I mean, you know, if you start healing multitudes and raising the dead and seeing wheelchairs emptied, I can promise you your following uh, will get bigger. Not on Facebook. They'll be in your driveway. I need healing. I need help. Okay, you'll have a multitude of people around you. And that's what we're called to do. Not to see how many people we can get on social media. How many people you can get out of a wheelchair? How many people you can get out of a hospital beds? How many people y'all get healed? That's where the excitement comes in. Amen? That's when you start seeing life. And he had this going on. So obviously Jesus was pretty popular. I mean, he healed Aunt Susie, Uncle Bob, uh, Mom and Dad got healed, kids got healed, 10 people got raised from the dead. That draws attention. Amen? This ain't an Avenger movie to where things come out of nowhere and all the Avengers pop back into place when they died. Amen? I mean, really. Come on. That's crazy. Uh, I hope y'all have all seen the movie. <laughs> it's been out long enough. Y'all should have already seen the movie. Y'all ain't seen the movie. For... No, I'm just kidding. Hallelujah. But he sent them away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, look at this next statement right here. He went up on the mountainside by himself to do what? You mean Jesus went and prayed? The Son of God. He was the Word made flesh, but yet he's going to pray. Where was his help at? It was up the mountain with God. Okay? Not on Google. <laughs> Not with his family or friends. It was with God. Friend, if you need help today, you've got to get to God. Well, I go in there, Nathan, to talk to him, and I just don't hear nothing. Well, you're not going to get a bzz. You're not going to get an alert. You're going to have to stay in there for a minute. Because he ain't quite near as in a hurry as you are. You know what I'm saying? He's got plenty of time. And you need to make plenty of time. We, we don't treat God like a drive-thru. I mean, man, these people go through a drive-thru and get ticked off if it ain't there. I mean, Chick-fil-A's got 14 drive-thrus now you can go through because they want to make sure everybody's happy. Because that's what you just about got to have to make everybody happy. <laughs> and sometimes they're mad about that. And there's people out there 100 degrees taking orders, sweating like crazy. My God, it's too long. Why are we sitting in line? <laughs> Come on, take it easy. But we live in that type of generation. So he went up on a mountain to pray. Now, when evening came, he was all alone where? Jesus was all alone up there praying. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, which was very early in the morning, they, I think it's like three to six, something along that lines, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a what? You and I would have said the same thing. And we might have even used some creative language there. Y'all know what creative language is, right? <laughs> you know, four-letter words, you know, stuff like that. We, we, we probably got a little creative with that. What the blank? What the? Whoa! Man, we'd have probably got really creative with our, our, our approach to this. Because y'all know how it is when somebody just jumps out from behind the door and scares you. My gosh, sometimes you almost have a heart attack. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing here, man. People didn't walk on water back then. Ghosts were on water. And he goes on and it says, uh, And they cried out for fear. Grown men <laughs> crying. Wow, that'd be a picture. <laughs> but immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Hey, be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. Would that not be a, be a word for me and you today? When you're going through something. Stop, drop, and roll. Give God a minute. Okay? All right, we just got the bad news. Would you just shut up and sit down, and if anything, just cry. Just don't go running your mouth. Okay? It's not over because they say it's over. 
And if you did, per se, lose a loved one, they're not just in your past. They are very much in your future. You understand what I'm saying? We're going to be living for a long time. We're going to be together for a long time. So be encouraged, man. People don't have the final say. So if you hear some bad news, you hear somebody say something, just pause for a minute. Let's get it all together. And let's know God's getting ready to calm the storm. Hallelujah. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And you got a bold one. I guess he was the only one who wasn't crying. <laughs> He's like, whoa, okay, let's go with this thing. I'm going to do this. He said, so he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Wow. <laughs> come on, man. That's a special day. Because up until this point, none of these guys in the boat have ever seen anybody walk on water. How many of y'all have watched people walk on water? Have y'all seen that? Now, I ain't talking about somebody that's got, you know, something in the water that looks like they're walking on water, okay? Now, really walking on water, H2O. You go home today, get somebody you love to YouTube video it. I want to see if you walk on water. The reality is, is you ain't going to walk on water, okay? Peter is walking on the water. Peter's not an angel. He's not a special being from heaven. He's walking on the H2O, guys, to Jesus. He's walking on it. Hallelujah. Let's see what happened, though. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to do what? And cry out, Lord, save me. That's what happens when you look at the things in your life that are not going right. Had we got the report in October and then we just dropped back, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We started crying for fear. Oh, God. Ah, ah. And we just started going crazy. What would have happened? It would have only got worse. Now, don't get me wrong, I had thoughts of that. But I remember that day looking at her and saying, God has made us for this right here. We're going to overcome this. We've been taught, we've been instructed to walk by faith and not by sight. We are coming out. That's why I feel it's my responsibility to teach you the same thing because you're going to face the same thing. And your response to something has everything to do with whether you come out or you get wiped out. Jesus is getting ready to teach us something right here. And Jesus was teaching his disciples because you know and I know he wasn't going to be here much longer. So he said, immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and called him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Notice that Jesus did not step on Peter to get to the boat. Little faith, weak believer. Don't need to be in my tribe. Got to go. I'm only raising up giants around here. No, no. He reached down there and he helped him because guess what Peter did? See, Peter assumed that he was a place where he wasn't at. Peter thought he had great faith until he got out of the boat. Until the devil started blowing some wind in his face. And his faith was not as strong as he would have liked it to have been. Jesus is teaching us something right here by letting us know that even in your weakest moments and your moments of doubt, if you'll cry out to Jesus, he'll come and he'll raise you up. And he'll walk you back to your place and he'll say, look, let's do this now. Let's work on this. He never casts any of his people away. He'll watch you and help you through difficult seasons in your life if you'll only respond in what you know. See, the game plan was over for Peter when his feet started going in the water. The fun started ending 
And this great big faith giant that stepped out of the boat, and who knows? We don't know. We wasn't there. He might have stepped out of the boat. <laughs> Look at here, boys. Hey, I'm on it, baby. We don't know. We know how us humans are. And he was a big mouth like me, so I'm sure he was bragging a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Who knows? But the reality was, is all that went aside when he started going down. What was causing him to go down? See, I like to find out why things don't work. How about you? I mean, if something ain't working in my life, I don't want to be that Christian who wants to make excuses of why it ain't happening. Well, I guess God just don't want to do it. That don't suffice me. I want to know why I can't come out of this situation. And I've come to the conclusion that it's never on God's end. Never. Because Jesus said, come to Peter with every intention of Peter getting to Jesus. So it was nothing on Jesus' end that caused Peter to start going down. Listen to me. I'm telling y'all something right here, okay? It was not Jesus' fault. It was not God's fault. And see, I have a problem as a follower of Christ when I get to those positions in life and sometimes we want to drum up reasons of why God didn't do something. Have we ever stopped to think if something don't work that it could be broke in another area besides God? Has it ever occurred to any of us that sometimes we could look in the mirror and go, man, Lord, instead of judging God for not doing something, maybe asking God, hey, God, hey, why am I sinking? <laughs> hey, hey, how about helping me? Lord, save me. And then let's spend some time together so I don't sink the next time. That's what God's trying to teach us right here. He didn't want Peter to go down, but he wanted to teach Peter and the disciples. There's going to be times you think you're greater than you are. You get in pride. You think you're somewhere you ain't at. And you step out to do something you don't have no business doing. And then it don't go the way you think it should because you're not there. And the first thing we want to do is point toward God. Why God? God ain't never missed it, friend, and he never will. If something don't work out in your life or my life, it's never God going, man, I missed that. Jesus, sorry. Oh, gosh, I was a little late on that deal. No, no. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Faith in God is our lifeline to him. That is why the enemy tries to get us in fear. Did you notice he was trying to get the disciples in fear, to be afraid from the onset when they thought it was a ghost? He wanted to get them in fear because fear activates darkness, activates the kingdom of hell in your life. We've got to stay away from fear. You've got to. When fear, and it may be, I mean, it's an emotion. It can come on you. But man, don't give way to that. Don't let it roll out of your mouth. Speak the word of God or just praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's word is the most important thing in our life. When storms of life come, and they will, faith in God's word will get us through the storms. Jesus spent a lot of time teaching his disciples about having faith in God. I believe the reason he did was that he knew that was the key to his success in this life. He saw the more time with his father was making the more time with his father was making him more like his father. He knew what was keeping him from sin was his faith in God. Healed was his faith in God. Delivered was his faith in God. Blessed was his faith in God. He was performing signs, wonders, and miracles because of his faith in God. Jesus was teaching Peter and the disciples a lesson through a faith failure. Peter jumped out of the boat with the intentions to get to Jesus and it didn't work out. Was that not a faith failure? 
on his part. He messed, he, he just, he, he wasn't there. He, he was struggling. Can your faith in God fail? Think about it. Yes, it can. Just like Peter's failed in Jesus. Luke twenty two thirty one. I'm going to give you an example. Luke twenty two thirty one says this. And the Lord Jesus said to Simon, he said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not what? So if he told him his faith should not fail, that lets you know that his faith could have failed. You've got to understand, just like we go to school to be successful on this planet, and we should, and we should go to school to learn how to do things right. We've got to go to school to learn how to operate the way God wants us to operate. Jesus did everything he did in faith, trusting his great God. Everybody in this room, the only way you're going to please God is to walk by faith. So it only, it just, it, we need to know how to do this. We don't want to be like Peter and have a faith failure or struggle. But the good news is, is Jesus prayed for Peter. Jesus is in heaven right now, the Bible says, making intercession for me and you right now, praying for us. He's going to help us. He's going to work with us. And he's going to teach us how to do this thing. Peter thought he was trusting God for a little while, and it appeared that he was. But we quickly see that he had what he had faith in. Jesus wanted Peter and the disciples to see this so he could help them. Peter cried out to Jesus, save me. Jesus met Peter where his faith was at the time. Storms of life will reveal what you have faith in. The good news is that Jesus will meet you where you are and help you get where you need to be. That's the good news. Guys, we just have to be honest before a great God. And I'll be honest with you. I thought my faith was to call everything to be what it was in this situation. But with tears running down my face, I had to look at God and I said, God, look. I just need your mercy. I need your grace. I'm not where I think I need to be. Help me get there. And I, I believe had I done anything other than that, I don't believe I would be standing here or she would be here. I humbled myself before God with tears, knees shaking. I didn't play the role. Well, by God, man, I got faith in God. I know God. I know him. Man, I got faith in God. No, I hit my knees and said, God, show me what's going on here. Teach me something in this because I know you're the healer. I know you can heal anything. Does anybody in the room believe that God can do anything? Yeah, we all know he can. I mean, come on, man. Putting a kidney in a body, that's nothing. Walking on water, what? raising dead people, man, that's, that's his everyday life. That's who he is. But I'm thinking, Lord, what's going on here? Is that a bad question to ask? I'm human. In this, this media-driven world that we live in, this distract world we live in, Sometimes we can think we're closer to God, but we're not that close to Him. Because we equate good works and church attendance to our knowing God. And friend, I'm going to tell you something. That has, that has very little to do with how much you know God. You let your world start shaking. You'll find out who you know. And that's what I want for you and for me. That we look at these situations. We humble ourselves and say, God, give us more faith. Teach us more. Show us more. Make us wiser. Hallelujah. Jesus wanted his disciples to see what he saw about faith in God. He knew that they would need faith in God to walk out their assignment on earth. 
We can look at the life of Peter now. We can fast forward. We see Peter. First Peter, second Peter. We see Jesus. Did, I mean, Peter did pretty good, right? I mean, he turned the world upside down for Jesus. He walked it out and he did a great job. Three things that I'd like to get from that story real quick. Number one, we need to spend time with God, His Word, podcast, YouTube. God has made it so accessible for you and me to listen to the Word of God day and night on YouTube, on uh, you know, all these streams, podcasts. There's so many great things out there that we can listen to, but we choose not to. You choose to watch stupid videos that ain't going to add one value to your life. We laugh, we giggle, we cut up, we share, we, we laugh, we giggle, we shut up, we, we, we share, we, all this kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, bam, your world goes upside down and, and you're fumbling. You're trying to figure out how can I get through this. Because you've given yourself. And I'm not saying don't do some of those things. I'm just saying we do it too much. And you know we do, guys. You know we do. I mean, come on, man. I'm right there with you. But God's calling us to go deeper with Him. God has raised us up for such a time as this. He has put us in this last day generation to see greater things than anybody's ever saw. To see things happen on this planet that we've never saw. But the reason why we don't see them in the country we live in is because of one thing. Distractions. The reason why we don't really hold fast to God when it comes to healing, provision, deliverance, because we have so many doctors to go to. We have so much medicine we can take. We got so much credit card we can go borrow money. We can figure this thing out on our own in America, right? I mean, we have options in America, right? And that's what we result to most of the time is these options. And I'm telling you, we have got to get those options off the table. And we got to realize that God saved us. He will sustain us. You got things in your life that ain't right? You ain't got to go looking at Google or a doctor or anybody. God can meet your need. God can heal your body. God can deliver you from whatever addiction or trouble you're going through. He don't need help. He don't need assistance. What he needs is a commitment from people to give their life to him. If we lived as though we had nobody to help us, where would our life be? If we lived as we, we had no options... We lived in a hut somewhere in Timbuktu, and that is a place, Timbuktu, okay? But if you lived in a place to where you lived and you had no access to nothing but God, where would you be? I'm telling you guys, we have got to get God in our lives. I mean, I'm talking about when we come to church, we're so fired up about Jesus. I mean, man, I mean, we kick the doors in and then pay for a new one. Hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? We get excited. Because he's our only hope. He's our only way. If he don't go through, we're dead. We're gone. If we live that way with that passion and that energy, you know what you would do? You would begin to attract people in your life. Instead of, instead of you know, causing people to go, I thought they were a Christian. Acting just like the world. I'm telling you guys, we live in a great time. All right, number one, I mean, hallelujah. We got to resist fear and doubt. We got to work on building our faith. Number three, we need to worship and praise God. Play worship music. Does anybody know what that is? Does anybody really truly know what worship music is? We're living in one of the greatest ages of worship music you've ever imagined. But we still have people hooked on garbage. That ain't doing, I'm talking adults. You adults, okay? Me, you. Not the teenagers. You, me. What do you listen to every day? What do you watch every day? I mean, really, guys, 
And then we expect to be faith giants. And then you come in here and you'll hear a message, you'll see a song, and God's dealing with you on this side. Oh, yeah, man, I can do this, I can do this. And you cry and you weep and you go out and do the same thing you did before you got here. I mean, guys, God's calling us to a higher place. I mean, God didn't heal Belinda and he's not continually healing Belinda so we can live for things. We've got a mission to help people know Jesus. We've got a mission to see people know God. That's the only reason I want to be here. I'm not here to see how much vacation time I can go enjoy, how many toys I can buy. That's garbage. I'm going to heaven. Heaven's got way nicer things than down here. So y'all go ahead and play with these toys. Enjoy them. I'm not interested in them. I'm not, guys. Every day that passes, I get less and less. I got a phone right here. Look at this thing. It's broke. It's a joke. I mean, I can't even take a picture. And I mean, you know what? I don't care. It's paid for. But some people live for the next edition of a phone. And when you get it, guess what? You're empty. Our faith has got to be built up, guys. I want to encourage you today. Go deeper with God. Get in the Word of God. Get married to this book. Isolate yourself. Don't bring your distractions to your prayer room. Don't bring your distractions to your reading the Bible. I love you. I love you. That's no respect to God. Even in church. Be talking about Jesus and you checking something on your phone. Wow, man. I never wanted to be like that kind of guy. I love y'all. Y'all are so sweet. But guys, if we want what God's got, we're going to have to respect Him and honor Him. Amen. He's not your next door neighbor. He's king. Right. And He wants you to be a success. He wants me to be a success. But the only way that's going to happen, guys, is if we will actually submit our lives to Him and watch God do some things. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You know, Luke 18, 8, in closing... Jesus said, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. He was talking about a story, but he said, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Jesus said that. Will he find faith on the earth? Will he find people that are really, truly believing and trusting in him? Or will he find people that have a lot of lip service? What do you have today? Are you a lip service Christian? Why don't we bow our head and close our eyes? I'll ask that question. <clears throat> Are you a lip service Christian? That means you're going through the motions of saying a bunch of stuff. To the outside world, people may think, oh man, you're such a great Christian. They may think, wow, man, this person really loves God. Do you? Do you really love God today? Are you going through the motions of Christianity, but you wouldn't know God if he walked in here with a red top hat and, and glowing green clothes. Guys, it's time to get real. It's time to really step up and go, you know what, God? I don't know you. I'm going through the motions. I need to know you. I believe that would be the question that he would ask everybody in this room today. Do you know him? And I'm not talking about being perfect, guys. Come on now, let's not even go down that road. I'm just talking about do you really want to know him on Monday like you want to know him maybe today? Guys, God has some really big things prepared for each one of us in this room. But if we want what God's got, we're going to have to cut off some things in our life. 
Are you going to be right back in the same position six months from now? You can't serve God on your own strength. You can't be a Christian on your own strength. Some of us need to make that commitment today to put our trust in Him for everything in this life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we love you today. We thank you, Father.